Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Welcome to Parsha Themes, Parshas Vayera, and we're focusing on the beautiful Pirush of the Ramban. Let's talk about a couple of very interesting points today. So we know that the story of Vayera starts off in uh, Parakir Ches, Pasagalif, talking about the uh, three angels that came to visit Avraham. And of course, when we were taught the story in school, we always understood, like Rashi and Rov Rishonim, that this was an actual event that happened. However, the Rambam in Mor Nevuchim, which is quoted here by the Ramban, uh, states that, in fact, this was a dream. It was a Maris Nevua that happened, and it was not something that happened in real life. Now, it was a very controversial opinion and is not accepted by most people. There are those that even argue that the Rambam in Mor Nevuchim was only writing philosophically, that this is one explanation, but that because there are uh, mashmos in Chazal, that it was indeed something that happened. And in the Pashup Shad of Ein Mikri Yotzimide Pshuto, the Pashup Shad of the Pesukim itself states that it was an actual story. So it would be hard to say that it didn't actually happen. So the Ramban here takes major issue with uh, the Rambam's Pshat and is very unhappy with it. And he asks a lot of questions on this Pshat. And what's fascinating is that the Rambam has multiple places in Mor Nevuchim, um, in that section specifically as well, where he says that a lot of things that happened were just Maros Nevua and they didn't actually happen. And the Ramban takes on a lot of those things. So there's some interesting things that come out. Um, and you'll see there's even a little twist um, which is what I'm actually going to focus on. That might not be what you would think I'm going to talk about. So stay tuned. We'll talk about this exact issue. All right. So the Ramban has many questions on the Rambam about this, but basically um, his main thrust of the questions are that if this was a Nevuah, then there's a lot of things in the Nevuah that don't seem to make any sense or that are just details that shouldn't have been shared. Whereas if it was a story, then it's reporting what happened. Now, it's interesting to note that there's nothing in the Torah that's for nothing anyway. So, according to the Ramban, um, if it was a Nevuah, he seems to be expecting to be a little bit more precise, even though we know that Nevuah sometimes, um, you know, has uh, different aspects of it that maybe are open to interpretation. Um, like, we know that Hashem sometimes gives, gives interpretations to the Navi about what each item, as strange as it is, means. So, a lot of the Rishonim uh, don't feel that that's such a big kasha on the, on the Ramban because they explain... Uh, different lessons. And so, for example, um, the, the Ramban seems to be bothered that who cares about this whole Suda, the whole the whole discussion about the Malachim eating there, what difference does it make? And so the Abarbanel, who lived in the 1400s, he was actually, the Don Isaac Abarbanel was the finance minister of Spain. And when the Jews were expelled from Spain in 1492, um, he was offered uh, refuge that he was allowed to stay. And of course, his response was adios. I don't mean that to be funny because it was Spain and he did speak Spanish and he did leave with the rest of the Jews and said it's all or nothing. Anyway, so the Barbanel, who wrote a very philosophical Purish on Chalmish, so he explains that no, that the whole point of including the, according to the, the Rambam would answer, that the whole idea of including the Suda and all the kindness that Avraham did in, in his dream or in his Maros Nevua uh, with the angels was in order to show the Zechus that got Avraham to be blessed with children and that what made Hashem love Avraham so much. So that's not Lavatala at all. Um, but the, the Ramban's main problem is that that it, it contradicts the Pashup Shad of the Pasuk. This is what Rov Rishonim say. And it's interesting because there are other many Gemaras throughout Shas that sometimes there's a dispute whether things actually happen or whether they were a dream or not. 
um, or how Chazal knew these things. Obviously, it was B'Mesora, but sometimes you'll find Mepharshim, um, for example, in the story of Choni HaMagal in Masechus Tainus. So the question is, we know that Choni HaMagal came back and claimed to be Choni HaMagal, and no one believed him because he had slept for 70 years and everyone thought him dead. And um, we know that when he came back to the base matter, she wasn't accepted, and he and um, he ended up dying. So the question was, well, who told Chazal that this happened? Because if they knew, then they should have accepted him. And if they didn't know, then how did they ever know that the story actually happened? So um, the uh, Benish Chai says that Elio and Navi came back and told him the story. There are many other sugyas and shas, for example, in Baba Basra, in Parakamokhar uh, Sasvina, all those sugyas of Agadita, um in the Ayans, where a lot of times, um, many of the Mepharshi Hagamara say that those uh, stories are outlandish and that they were only dreams or visions that people saw, not necessarily the Nevua, but just dreams. And they were interpreted, of course, through the Marsha and the Gra and Pirish Haggadahs and other places uh, in brilliant ways, including the, the Benish Chai himself. But we don't have a right on our own to say that a Gemara didn't happen or did happen. And we certainly don't have a right on our own to say whether something in the Chumash happened or didn't happen. Um, you might find some Rishonim that shed light to these things, and it's obviously a very uh, touchy topic and a very sensitive topic. So we have to be careful what we say, but the Ramban says clearly that it contradicts the the Pasuk, and therefore one cannot say that it was just a prophecy or a dream. One of um, the, the Ramam's things that he says was a dream was um, the fight that Yaakov had with Sarosh Lesev. He says that it didn't actually happen, but that it was a Maros Nevua. And the Kasha that many of the um, Kashas at, the, the Rishonim, excuse me, ask, is that if this is true, then the Pasuk says that Yaakov woke up, and he was limping. So if it never happened, then why was he limping? And the Abarbanel, the Abarbanel gives a fascinating answer, which is what I wanted to share with you. The Abarbanel says that we all know about somatic illnesses, and that since uh, Yaakov had this dream that he was punched by the Sarashal Esav, this actually impacted him and made it that he actually limped. Now, before I explain more about that, I just want to kind of end this segment. And um, then we'll talk about the somatic part, which is very, very fascinating. And that's that's the area that I'm going towards. Um, the, Ram, the, the Ritva, who is a Talmud of the Rashba, who is a Talmud of the Ramban. So when he defends the Rambam and says why the Ram, some of the Ramban's kashas are not necessarily kashas, he ends off by saying, although the Ramban's shot is the Pashup shot of the Pasuk and the and the easier way to explain and the Mukubelis way to explain. So that is the shot that we should teach our children, and that is the most valid shot. However, he says that I had Rahmanas on the Rambam and I wanted to explain him because he has his work is Lashem Shemayim and he was just trying to help the Hamon Am better understand the Torah and in a philosophical way. So that's important to recognize. So let's talk some a little bit about the semantic part, which is just very, very fascinating, interesting that we find it there. Because it's a it's a hot topic nowadays, but it really existed for a long time. Um, and again, this is not about Yaakov Avinu, whether he had somatic illnesses or not, obviously. That's not for us to talk about, but just the whole idea. So I want to start, I want to share two Gemaras with you, which I think you'll find fascinating, and perhaps you'll agree with my interpretation. Gemara and Brachas Hamad Aleph says that a person uh, should learn Torah, and that the Gemara says that if a person sees that Yisurin are coming on him, that he's having pain, he should look into his actions. And the Gemara says, Pish matzah, if you did some searching and you couldn't find, then yit lebabitl Torah. You should, you should um, 
assume that it's because of Bittel Torah. Now, remember, Bittel Torah does not mean that you wasted time talking or doing something. Bittel Torah means that on your level, based on how you were dividing your day, Hashem and you understand that, that there was more time that you could have learned. So for one person who's a Mosbin and who is Torah so he might learn 20 hours a day. And if he takes a break, which he doesn't need, then that might be Bittel Torah for him, that he was Mavatal and only learned 19 hours that day. But for uh, you know, another person, it could be that his work is something that he's doing, and Hanig uh, ben that's what he's doing, but his two hours a day that he learns, that he's Kovea Itim, that, that's where he's judged for Bittel Torah. So this is not to be a judgmental thing, but it is just, you know, where are you between you and Hashem? Okay, so that being said, Rechaim Velazhen has two varts on this, and they might seem to contradict at first, but they're really very brilliant and very important. So the kasha is, one second, so you already did a pishpesh for Lomatza, you already looked into your actions, and you couldn't figure out why you were having Yisurin. So why should you assume that it was Bittal Torah? You already looked into your actions, and you know that it's not Bittal Torah, so what's the what's the pshat? So there's there's two there's two pshatim that Rechaim Velazhen says, it's very, very fascinating. One of them is that he says that, no, the pshat is that if you looked into your actions and you couldn't figure out a source for your for what you're doing wrong, then Yitlev Bittal Torah, the reason you couldn't find it is because you're not learning enough, because you're not immersing yourself in Das Hashem. If you were immersing yourself more in Torah, then you'd have more of a sensitivity towards the things in your life. What a powerful, powerful shot. Torah gives clarity to our lives. But the second shot of Rechaim is very fascinating, and that is that he says, based on the Gemara in Ervin, which is what the second Gemara that I want to quote, Gemara in Ervin, Daf Nundal Adam Aleph, 54a, says that when a person is traveling, he should always learn Torah because it's it's a, a uh, favorable escort for you. And the Gemara says like this, if you have a headache, you should learn Torah. That's the solution. And it quotes a Pasuk. If you have a throat ache, you should learn. That's the solution. If you have a stomach ache, you should learn. Okay? If your bones ache, you should learn Torah. That's what the Gemara says. And the last thing, Chash Bechol Gufo, if you, anything in your whole body hurts, Yasek Torah, you should learn Torah. So Rechaim Velazhen uses that to explain that what it means is if you looked into your actions, let's say a person had a hand ache, his, heart, his hand was hurting him, and he said to himself, you know what, I didn't misuse my hand, I didn't hit anyone, I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't steal, um, so how do I explain this, this pain? Or let's say a person has a headache and he says, I, you know, I didn't misuse my head. I didn't use it for anything wrong. I mean, how many of us could say that? Probably none of us, right? But, so, normally, Hashem punishes mita k'negemita. So, the first pish-pesh, yifash-pesh from myself, when you look into your actions, you always just say, what's hurting me? Okay, what did I do wrong with that limb? But let's say a person says, I didn't do anything wrong with that limb. So then, yit love bitl Torah. Then you should just know that the punishment is coming mita k'negemita for bitl Torah, because Torah fills up your whole body. And therefore, since Torah fills up your whole body, if you're Mavatal Torah, you could have a pain in any part of your body, and that would explain it. Okay. Now, again, I don't want anyone to run away and say that everything's all in their head and everything's all because of their Bittal Torah, that you could speak to your Rav about, you know, how much Torah a person should be learning and how much Torah should be part of one's life and how to incorporate that and how to live a normal, healthy life with Torah and with the balance of Choma Sechel L'Shem Shemayim. Okay. So, that being said, with this brilliant Pshat and these Pshatim of Rechaim Velazhen, I believe that what's being said is something very deep, which is that if a person has these psychosomatic illnesses, whether they are coming from pains or traumas or emotions or things that are unregulated, and yes, in full disclosure, I'm a mental health therapist and I do specialize in trauma and psychosomatic issues. So that is the full disclosure. You can take it or leave it. Um, but I obviously have been privileged to have a lot of experience working with it and a lot of exposure with uh, 
being educated about it as well. Then a person should look into how to heal. And how to heal is through learning Torah, because Torah teaches us how to be spiritual people, how to be uh, great people, and how to live our lives in meaning and purpose and holiness. And therefore, once a person is able to make those changes in his life, then and increase his Torah in his life, that's going to take care of the problems and the traumas and the issues because he'll turn to Hashem and build his bitachon and become closer to Hashem. And that will hold basaro marpe. It'll create a refuah throughout the entire body. And that's what I wanted to say about psychosomatic issues. Okay, moving right along further in the Ramban. So the Ramban um, has a very interesting question. And in Parak Yilches Pasuk Gimel, Avraham, according to the Ramban, remember, this is an actual story. That's the way we teach it. That's the way we understand it. So Avraham invites the guests, the three angels, or the three uh, people that came, three Arabs that came to his door. But what's interesting, the Ramban is bothered that, well, why doesn't he invite them in? He tells them they could sit outside, but he doesn't invite them into the house and uh, doesn't tell them they could, le- they could sleep there. And not only that, but he also just tells them, and then you could leave. Why is he so blunt about making sure that they leave? And if you want to say it's because he didn't want their Avodah brought in the house, well, he already washed their feet, and he had no problem with that. And also, according to many Rishonim, he understood that they were angels as well, especially with the prophecies that they they offered later. But but according to many Rishonim, he understood that he was that, that they were angels from the beginning. But either way, so the Ramban says a beautiful Yisod. The Ramban says that Avram wanted to do kindness. And the way that we do kindness is to recognize what other people need. And Avraham saw that they were in a rush, and so he didn't want to invite them in and make them feel stressed that they had to stay longer or sleep there or lay down. And he wanted to make it very clear, come, eat, take whatever you need, and feel free to leave whenever you want. And that's the way we do kindness. It says, Ashrei maskil adol Hashem. And the Yerushalmi says, this is a Pasuk that's very dear to me because my middle name is Aryeh. And it's a Pasuk that I say every day because I think about this every day for Aryeh. Ashrei maskil adol, Pasuk in Tehillim, Praiseworthy is a person who is maskil, who thinks smartly about how to help people in need. On a, on a challenging day, and that's a chus, Hashem will protect you. What does this mean? The Rishami says that praiseworthy is someone who thinks up important ways about how can I help you? Meaning he doesn't just do it through selfish reasons and through selfish means that, well, I'm going to do this because I think that this is what's best for you. But he looks at the other person and thinks clearly, how can I give him tzedakah? In, in, uh, in a secret way, how can I give him the things that he needs? And he focuses on that person. That's the greatest blessing that, that comes when you do that. And so that's a shot here that the Ramban says, such a beautiful shot, that he wasn't just doing the kindness for them because he wanted to do kindness. And I'm a kind person, so you need to eat, you need to sleep. But he wanted to look and see what do they need. And we all know the famous story of the person who goes to the hospital to do bigger cholim, and the, person, the, the sick person is sitting there and finally fell asleep. And, the, and his friend comes in and wakes him up and says, come on. Wake up, I got to do bigger cholim, which contradicts the whole point of bigger cholim, which is the Shulchan Aras says is to tend to their needs and to give them what they need, right? So we know the famous you know, story, uh, Rav Huttner said this is, Talmidim, you know, don't come visit me because I'm your chef shel mitzvah, that I'm your lulav and esrog that you need to shake. You come visit because you want to do the mitzvah and you want to fulfill it and, be, and, and think about what someone else needs, okay? So that's what the Ramban teaches us. What a beautiful, beautiful shot. There's a, Ramban has a little question that he asked, which a lot of the Mepharshim try to answer, it's a very fascinating question, Perik Yudches Pasek Vav, that um, he asked, why did um, Avraham ask for so much bread to be made, and why did Sarah make so much bread? We, who needs all this bread just for three guests? So Rechaim Kanievsky in Time of Dekra says that the reason that so much bread was needed was because, according to some Adrashim, this was Pesach, and it was Yantif, 
And at that point, they might not have known that they were angels, according to some Rishonim. And so you're not allowed to cook for non-Jews on Yantif unless you fill up the entire uh, oven. When you fill up the entire oven, then the bread bakes better, so that you're allowed to do. And so he explains that they must have filled up the entire oven in order to use that hetzer. I add to that one cute thing, which is that the Medrash describes who these three angels were. And it says one of them came looking like an Arab, which is what the Pasuk calls them. Another one came looking like a sailor, and the other one came looking like a baker. And of course, Ruf has a beautiful shot about why those three, you could look at him, I'm not going to talk about it today. It's not relevant to the Ramban per se. But what's very fascinating is that perhaps, just a cute thing, uh, perhaps the uh, baker was someone that they were trying to impress with all the bread and show all the different options because they thought he would appreciate that. So just a thought. All right, moving right along to the last theme for today, which is such a fundamental episode in life, and I'm going to tell you two stories about it as well. And that is Perachav Bey's Pasagala, fellow Kim Nisa is Avram. Hashem tested Avram. And the Ramban says here his Yisod on what a test is. And the Ramban says, I don't understand. Why does Hashem test people? Hashem knows whether you're going to pass or not. And you might think this ties back to last week's discussion, the end of Lechacha, about foreknowledge. He doesn't mean that fully. I mean, obviously, it's part of it. But he just means to say that, you know, if Hashem knows that you're a good person, then what's the point in testing you? He already knows whether you're going to pass or not. So what is the purpose of a test? And the Ramban explains, and again, the Mepharshim bring this out in the Ramban also, that the word nes, Elohim nisa asavram, nes means to lift something up, to hold it up as a banner. And he says that the purpose of a nisayon that Hashem gives us, the test that he gives us, are not to show us what you could do. The purpose of a nisayon are not to show Hashem what you could do. Obviously, Hashem knows. They are to show you what you could do. Because when you are tested and challenged, that brings out all the greatness that was dormant inside you. And that's the brilliance of what it is. So, Hashem wants to bring out your potential into fruition. And So that you will have the reward of your good actions, not just the reward of having a good heart, which is also a good thing. It's a good virtue, Lev Tov and Perkevus. But it is something that you could bring it out to fruition. And when you bring it out to fruition, it becomes even stronger. And the Ramban, at the end of the Nisayan, in the Pasuk, Parachat Beis, Pasuk Yudbeis, says, Ki ati adati, now I know, Vi'ata no dabamaisa, your actions now speak. And your merit is complete. So let me tell you two stories about this. One of them very relevant to that exact point, the other one a little bit more abstract. So the first story is that I heard about the story uh, a number of years ago from one of the first story. It was about a Canadian man. He was driving over a bridge one day and he saw a woman screaming at the top of her lungs. And he quickly pulled over her, his car, noticing that she was in extreme distress and she was not even able to talk. She was screaming frantically. Her seven year old daughter and her had been looking over the bridge and feeding the ducks or whatever. And her daughter slipped off and fell off and was falling, fell into the water and was drowning. And this man just saw the woman's face, looked down, saw exactly what happened, kicked off his shoes, dived in, pulled out the girl, and resuscitated her and saved her life. Well, this was an amazing event. It was in the newspaper, and they wanted to reward this man and give him credit for what he did. And they called a big meeting, and they called him together, and they invited him, and they presented him with a uh, Helpful Citizen Award. And when he got up to speak, he had tears in his eyes. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, you all think that this was an amazing act that I did. And he said, it was. And it was a tremendous thing. But he said, I have to tell you something that is even more amazing, that only I know this. He said, my entire life I was afraid of the water, and I didn't know how to swim. But he said, at that moment when I saw this child drowning, there was nothing else that mattered except getting her out. And all of a sudden at that moment I kicked my shoes off, I 
dove in and I knew how to swim and I knew how to pull her out and I knew how to save her life. And this is what a Nisayan is. When Hashem sends us Nisayanos, we say, I repunish Shalom, don't test me. And of course, Loli de Nisayan, we ask for, we, we, we ask Hashem, please don't test us. We don't want Nisayanos. But when a Nisayan comes our way, it's bringing out our potential. We don't, sometimes we don't even know what's inside us. The Arachayim uh, HaKadosh the has a beautiful shot when Yosef told his brothers, Ani Yosef Achicha, Asher Macharti Yosi, I am Yosef that you sent down to Egypt. The Arachayim says, don't read it that I am Yosef that you sent me down to Egypt. No, read it, Ani Yosef, Asher Macharti, because you, sell, you, you sent me down to Egypt, because of all the Nisyonos that you exposed me to and all the challenges that I went through, that's why I became Yosef. And so too in life, how many, how many of us were put through things that we don't want to be challenged with and we, challenges that we don't ask for? Of course, all of us, right? Some big, some small, and some everything in between. But they, they are what make us. And how many of us could say that Ani, whatever your name is, all right, fill in the blank. I am the person that I need to be, I share, because of all the Nisyonos that I've been through. So of course, we don't ask for Nisyonos, but when Hashem sends them to us, we could understand that He's bringing out our dormant success and our dormant power that we have within and our dormant capabilities and making us aware of them and bringing them out and developing us. My last story is rel- on this topic, but a little bit different, but it's an interesting idea, and I think you'll appreciate it. It's a story that one Pesach, Roshom Zalman Arbach, um, was visited by one of his Talmudim, and his Talmud brought a son, and Roshom Zalman was testing the son, and he said to him, hey, you know, did you say the Manashtana? And um, the boy said, yes, I did. I did say the Manashtana over Pesach. And so Roshom Zalman said to him, I have a question for you. He said, if you said it last year, why did you have to say it again this year? Um, and so the boy smiled and said, I don't really know. It's an interesting question. Rishon Zalman was probably trying to teach him a lesson that, you know, every year we grow more in our Amun Abitachim. And he said, let me tell you a story. He said, one year when I was about your age, my father took me to Davin at the Kosel over Pesach. And on our way back home, we met Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zunfeld, who was the uh, Rav Yerushalayim, the great, uh, we called him Rav Chaim affectionately, he said. And he pinched my cheek and he said hello to me. And he asked me the same exact question, but I was very embarrassed. I didn't have an answer and I burst out crying and my father comforted me and he comforted me. It was okay. And he was just a good yontif and smiled. He said, a few years later, when I was a teenager, my father, who was very close with Riosa Chaim Zunfeld, he put out a saver called Chacham Lev. And in that saver, my father quoted me a couple of times as well. Just throughout the saver, he quoted different thoughts that I had shared with him. And he actually thought they were fit to be put in writing. And he went to Yosef Chaim Zunfeld for a haskama. And when I read the haskama, I, I saw something very interesting that Rav Chaim, um, Yosef Chaim Zunfeld, he wrote in the haskama that it was a great safer and that it includes some very fine thoughts from the author's outstanding son, which was referring to me. And I always thought it was weird that he put that in. And, in, and Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach finished his story by saying that many, many years later, there was a distinguished Rav from Eretz Yisrael whose name was Rav David Youngreis. And he told me that he was actually present when Rav Chaim wrote the Askama, when Rav Yosef Chaim Zunfeld wrote the Askama. And Rav Zunfeld commented that many years ago, I caused this little boy, Shlomo Zalman, to cry. And I, of course, apologized and wished him a good yantif, but I always felt bad for that. And I wanted to make up for it by putting something positive about him in the Sefer, and so in this Askama. And so I hope that this will make up for the pain that I caused him. And that's the story. And it's a, it's a fascinating story to me on many fronts, but I think that there's two points that I want to bring out today. One of them is that, again, an Isayun is meant to bring out who we are. And when we have experiences in life, those are opportunities to bring out who we are. 
But the second part is to recognize that life has all different levels of nisyonos. This was something that could have easily been forgotten. But um, Yosef Chaim Zunnefeld was sensitive to this mistake that he had held himself accountable for. Obviously, he was just trying to give a bechina to the boy and just trying to get him to think, which is why Rosh Zalman himself probably repeated the same question, knowing that this kid wouldn't be sensitive to it and that it was an important question. But yet, he had that sensitivity to be aware of that, and I think that that's where our mitos develop, when we have those sensitivities towards others and towards being able to be introspective about how our words land on others, and that really brings out the great people that we are, and that allows us the opportunity to keep growing and making ourselves better. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content, and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at parshathemes.com.